Welcome to Do The Right Film. My name's Thomas. <laughs> My name's Harvey. Yeah, welcome back to another episode, everyone. This week we're going to be talking about Spider-Man Far From Home, the newest installment in the Spider-Man franchise. Always a franchise, a universe. Um, we're also going to be talking about some news uh, this week. There's some controversial things going on in the movie biz. Uh, we'll shine some light and share our thoughts on some of that. Hey, I got some controversial stuff What's that? to talk about. Steve's not here. Right, right. Steve is not here. I believe he... Um, he got bit by an Ebola shark. Right. Last in, last we heard he was in the Caribbean and we haven't heard from him. So. Ravaged by a deadly shark. Maybe he's uh, maybe he's living like uh, Matthew McConaughey in that movie Serenity. I don't know. I haven't seen that movie, but... <laughs> you gotta see it. Absolutely. Buck wild. Uh, yeah. Um... Other than that, we'll be talking about some other films we watched during the week. I actually haven't confirmed this with Harvey, but there's a good chance that we both saw two movies, the same movies in theaters. It's a possibility. All right. Well, I <laughs> guess we'll find out soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, how, how was your week? My week was... It was lively. Lively? I think that is probably the best description. Okay. Uh, I drank uh, a lot of alcohol this week. This week, mm-hmm. um, it was Fourth of July, so we had uh, a bunch of people over here at uh, at the apartment. Yeah, um, I believe you were among them. Um, yeah, I brought the burgers, man. Yeah. Come on, show you some brought respect. some lightly seasoned burgers. I remember right. those very vividly. All right, first of all, <laughs> I didn't have much to work with. All right, why don't you restock your seasoning? I mean, we got a plethora of seasonings. I don't know. I don't see any black pepper up there. Very important. It's black pepper for sure. Um, but that was a it was a nice time. Um, a lot of fireworks. A lot of food. I ate a ton of shit. Um, and uh, I drank a lot of a lot of liquids. It was a nice time. Um, and that's sort of just been the the overarching theme of of the weekend, I suppose. Yeah, there was a lot of drinking involved. I drank last night too. Um, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm definitely losing some alcohol tolerance for sure. That, that'll I happen. I don't drink as much anymore. But uh, when I do drink, it's just like it just. I feel like it hits me quicker, and I'm, I'm not used to it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> a little scary. I mean, yeah. It's also uh, probably more cost efficient. Yeah, just well, efficient in general. Well, I mean, that's why I don't drink as much anymore. Because, yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan of drinking at home. I I, I do it sometimes to le- relieve some stress, but overall, like I mostly drink in social settings. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, there, I feel like there was a phase where I was like back in Florida where I just I I like the like drink light beer back then. But the reason was because you could drink, like, a lot of them over the course of the night. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that anymore. Yeah, that that uh, packs on some uh, some weight, too. Right, right. Yeah. All that carbohydrate activity in those beers. Yeah, <clears throat> All right, cool. I'm not sure um, if it's worth it. Yeah, it's not, it's not. It's definitely not worth it. <laughs> Drinking in general is just not worth it. Unless you're trying to numb the pain, you know. You got a lot of that. I mean, like, when I'm trying to lose weight, when I'm, like, calorie counting and stuff, I mean, alcohol just, it just adds. It's just math. You need, probably need less food. Right. But, drinking. like, when I drink less food, then I get more affected by the alcohol. And Do I you feel, drink food? 
Did I say that? Yeah. When I eat less food, I drink less alcohol. That must be some big boy stuff I don't know about. Just, <laughs> just super, fucking, <laughs> I don't chew. I just super sucking food. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so yeah, like, but the problem is when I drink, I like to have a full stomach so that I can not just outpace myself. But yeah, my my week was pretty similar. I Fourth of July came celebrated you know even though this land is stolen i still celebrated independence day can't help but partake in the festivities and just it's summertime yeah i feel like it's more of a celebration for summertime than me like how many people actually think about like america on fourth of july and and go damn we're so great or oh i'm so you know i'm so blessed just feel it just like, radiating throughout their body like god yeah, damn like, it yeah like i don't ever feel that on 4th of july i mean i i think america's to be honest with you it's bought and sold by corporations so i don't I don't really have too much sympathy for for america um but yeah it's mostly just like a summer thing like everyone's out there's music you're, you're with your friends it's just a reason to hang out with friends in the summertime i think that's pretty much my my stance on most re- or, or, or holidays, right, right, like because uh, Christmas, obviously, yeah. we don't celebrate the birth of Jesus. Yeah, I don't care too much about the origins of these holidays. It's mostly about it's typically about food and uh, drinking and just having fun with uh, people that you enjoy. Uh, I don't really give, I don't care too much about it. Unless it's either. my birthday, then I expect to be worshipped. But um, yeah, I'm just kidding. Sure. I'm just kidding. That is true. <clears throat> Yeah, but my week was pretty chill, man. Just um, I did a lot of cleaning. I feel like I cleaned all week. Not, that's good. That's well, good. it's not. It's not good because um, what happens is I clean. I feel very comfortable because my house is clean. I feel very level-headed, clear-headed, and I could just creatively fuck the house up again <laughs> by just going into a frenzy of searching for something for my camera that I lost or. I don't know, like looking for some like piece of wood that I wanted to build. I, I don't know. I just things happen and I fuck up the house. Hmm. I'll cook dinner and I'll be I'll do the dishes tomorrow and then I get busy the next day and don't do the dishes tomorrow. I don't know, man. This is an interesting issue that you have. Well, it's like I don't like keep it dirty. That's the thing, though. Like some people just like let it all pile up. I my house is clean once a week. <laughs> Mm-hmm. like spotless it's so weird but it, it just gets destroyed so quickly and then it gets clean again it's just a vicious cycle of destruction and healing i think if you look uh more inward you'll see that it sort of reflects your uh oh i'm sure state of your life i'm sure but i feel like i've always been like that like i'm like selectively organized like so i'll organize my desktop icons but mm-hmm. not my desk. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, depending on my mood. But you want to yeah. talk about your childhood? Uh, no. But I'll talk about movies. <laughs> okay. Um, I saw a movie. You saw one movie. Uh, in addition to Spider Man, yes. All right. I saw two movies, so maybe I should go first. All right. So. All right. I, I, I think I see what you're doing now. So, uh. <clears throat> There's this uh, animated movie called Big Hero 6 that I, okay, yeah. I've been ducking and dodging for like the past four or five years now. I think it came out in 2014. Is there a sequel? I have no idea. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't I don't think there this is, is either. the sixth one, right? Just kidding. Just kidding. I uh, that's not the case. Yeah, that would, be, that would be kind of funny. 
big hero one. Uh, this movie was directed by Don Hall and Chris Williams. I remember when I was watching it, it said more people, but I, I suppose I'll just believe uh, Letterbox on this one. Uh, the special bond that develops between plus si- plus size inflatable robot Baymax and prodigy hero Hamada, who team up with a group of friends to form a band of high tech heroes. Um, you know, like I said, this is directed by Don Hall, Chris Williams. This is a Disney a Disney animated feature. Uh, it stars Ryan Potter as a hero. Uh, Daniel Henney uh, as his brother Tarashi. It's got TJ Miller in it, which was sort of surprising. Uh, Jamie Chung, uh, a few other people that I slightly recognize. Um, well, yeah, just like the synopsis, Hero is a, I believe he's about 14 years old, and he is sort of a, a tech prodigy to a degree. He is a genius, and spe- specifically in the, the field of robotics, he participates in these robot fights, uh, much to the dismay of his brother and his aunt. He builds these little, these little cute, fierce robots, and he has this sort of hustle that he that he uses to exploit the older, more experienced people, or I suppose just the older, the older robot fighters. He brings his little cute robot to the robot fights, and he pretends like he's very innocent and very, very inexperienced in robot fighting, but then. He hustles them on his money because his robot is very dangerous and, and high tech and it destroys their robot very, very impressively and easily. And he just makes a ton of money like this. And he's very content to keep living this lifestyle, despite being a genius and and a high school graduate already at 14. He just sort of chooses to hustle and make money instead of going to college. His brother is is concerned by his behavior and he really wants him to join join him at university specifically a university that is designated for people that build robots and are interested in in very sophisticated tech like this and after a visit to this school hero decides that he really does want to go to the school after seeing what the other kids are working on they're working on these very high tech high tech uh inventions and devices and he decides that this is probably the place that he should attend in order to not only better himself but to meet very cool and like-minded people that are as advanced and as smart as he is um what's the name of the city in this i feel like i, I it's like san fran Tokyo or something like san fran yeah it's like a tokyo california yeah it's like hybrid. a hybrid it's like a hybrid it's a it's a very like visually it's very very cool looking um but I suppose I shouldn't go much further than that in the story because I think it it, it could spoil uh, much of the plot. But Hero eventually teams up with his brother's invention called Baymax. Baymax is this very, very big, white, plush, like sort of inflatable robot. And he is designed as a uh, healthcare... He is designed to be a healthcare practitioner, so, so, sort of like a emergency like an emergency robot to administer health health care to people uh people specifically in troubled areas and things like that but hero takes him and he sort of redesigns him he he gives him uh, martial arts uh programming and and all these upgrades these physical upgrades so that he can fight this this guy that is threatening to that is threatening the city 
and they they sort of form this this lovable and very cute and charming relationship. I think that uh, visually, I think, like I mentioned, this is a very stunning and beautiful movie. I think that the the design of the city and the design of the tech itself and all the devices and just the environments are very very cool. The idea of this this San Francisco Tokyo hybrid city it it really works, especially in the design of these characters as well and and really explaining who they are and the type of city that this is and it really works for like the technology and and everything that they establish you don't really get any history around the city or or much world building in that sense which is kind of disappointing because i would like to know like what does the rest of this world look like in order to be able to form this 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 weird uh hybrid city but uh, i suppose it's it's fine that i also don't get that um the the characters themselves like hero and um and baymax baymax is probably my favorite character in the movie he's like this very lovable and 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 funny funny robot and uh every scene that he's in with uh heroes pretty much i think the highlight highlights of the movie for me um you definitely get a lot of that out of that relationship and you get a lot of humor and fun from from baymax's character uh they really use the idea of of a i suppose a, a sentient uh, non-human being or like a mechanical being in, in a way that i haven't really seen before and they really use that to exploit humor and and just make him a really charming character um i think that uh at times it is a bit too too childish for me i suppose um i had that problem several times throughout the film i think that it was very it was very predictable in some sense it was very just underwhelming if i'm honest i think in terms of not only the action but in terms of the plot and its development i think that it was it was a bit lackluster i think that this would certainly work for for people much younger than me but i think it was just simply a matter of uh, a matter of age when it comes to really really uh analyzing the the story and the plot and 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 being able to glean too far into the future and being disappointed by that so i think it does suffer from an issue that it, it's just not a it's just not really appropriate i think for for people of all ages but I did still have fun with it. I'd probably give it a light. Well, I'd probably give it a solid three. Solid three out of five. Um, I think it shines in in the animation and the design. And so you're saying it doesn't like you know how a lot of Disney Pixar movies will do this thing where they transpose child themes to adult themes. It doesn't do a good job at that. Like. Yeah, just kind of feels childish. There, there is, you know, there is definitely a huge theme of loss in this movie, and I think that it it sort of undermines that theme often, and and uh, it doesn't really it doesn't really come off as resolute as it needs to be, or or really explore it to any any depth. I think, um, but I think it does tend to take on some pretty 
pretty adult themes and try to make them uh, make them appropriate for younger audiences. But I think that in that it loses its I think it loses some depth and some some uh, I don't know respect from from an older audience at the same time. If gotcha. That makes sense. Um, but it is uh, it's a nice little movie. Um, I was slightly disappointed. I was I was expecting to enjoy it a bit more, but it was fine for what it was. So three out of five. Word. Okay. I feel like I need to go back and watch some like early 2010s Disney Pixar movies. There is a few that I haven't seen. I haven't actually seen Zootopia yet either. I've seen Zootopia. I haven't seen Inside Out. I saw that. Um, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I've heard. I haven't seen. I think there was one called Tangled too. I don't know if that's Disney Pixar, but I haven't seen that, that either. Sounds like a DreamWorks. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. All right, cool. Um, so the second movie. Do you want to say what it was that you watched? I think you know. I watched Midsummer. All right. I I, I didn't think there was a scenario where you would skip that movie. Nah. Uh, I also watched Midsummer. Um, so this could also be like a double main review of yeah. this and spider-man since it's just us two um yeah mid- midsummer um so this is a movie coming from ari aster this is uh the director of hereditary which was a you know smash hit last year i think i would i would say in the horror department that's my number one yeah um uh, it's probably my top seven for sure for the end of the year um, same director, he returns again uh, with Midsummer Synopsis goes, uh, a couple travels to Sweden to visit a rural hometown's fabled Midsummer Festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. <laughs> uh, I kind of like that synopsis. It's pretty good. Uh, this is starring Florence Pugh. Jack Rayner, uh, William Jackson Harper. We also have Will Poulter. You've seen him everywhere. And uh, Vid- Wilhelm Blomgren. Uh, some other people as well. And this was written by Ari Aster as well. So he's kind of just behind both of these movies. He's in the brains, I believe. These are his uh, his love children. Um, all right. So this is a this is a very rich, contextually rich movie to talk about. I mean, there's just so much here. I feel like we could talk for hours, but um, do you, I don't know? Maybe like just kind of explain the setup, maybe of the movie. We can go from there. Yeah. You want me to explain it? I guess. I mean, I read the synopsis. And I feel like you do that more often than me. Uh, practice. Yeah, um, give me a second. I wasn't prepared. All right. Whoops. <laughs> uh, yeah, Florence Pugh stars as Danny. Danny is a young woman. I don't believe we get much context on on uh, like the city or information on the city that she lives in. But it looks like New York. I believe it looks like it looks like New York. I believe there was one indication. I can't remember what, but I remember saying, "Okay, they're in New York." I think it was like a like a shot of like Brooklyn or something yeah, like yeah, that, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I suppose the movie begins with Danny. She is she is frantically 
trying to contact her sister. She's sort of having a panic attack. Um, yeah. She is calling her parents, saying that she received a very cryptic message from her, a very cryptic email from her sister. Her sister, we find out, has, uh, I believe she suffers from bipolar disorder. Yeah. And she has obviously made uh, very ominous and, and, and I suppose cryptic threats in the past, possibly alluding to her committing suicide or something like that. And so naturally Danny is very upset and trying to get a hold of her parents, but she cannot. So she contacts her boyfriend, Christian and she Christian. Yeah. She sort of (laughs) leans on him very heavily in these scenarios. She suffers from, uh, uh, I suppose mental illness herself. She has these panic attacks, and and much of that is is brought on by her own her own sister's issues. And Christian is sort of a he's her boyfriend, and he acts as uh, yeah he's her her main source of of comfort, I suppose, since she is in the city uh, alone. Technically, she she doesn't live in the same city as her family, so much of that responsibility falls on Christian, and. Um, that presents a, an issue with Christian's friends as well. Uh, specifically Mark played by Will Poulter. He believes that Christian could do a lot better. He believes that, uh, she is exploiting him and that he could do a lot better. Basically just do without the baggage. It's too emotionally draining to have that baggage with you. Yeah. Which I definitely, yeah, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) well, I mean, there's two sides of the story. I mean, yeah, Christian is. I would call one of the worst boyfriends I've ever seen. Yeah. He is not a good boyfriend. Um, but he, I suppose he does what he believes is right. And he tries to, he tries to comfort her. Um, is it a spoiler to talk about what happens? I feel like the first open, I mean, it's in the, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. So, it is jarring, though. Yeah, it is very jarring, and it's very fucking good, but I don't think that I'll do any disjustice uh, talking about it. Um, they're, they're actually having this conversation, uh, Christian and his friends, about about his relationship with Danny and, 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 and his responsibilities in that relationship and whether or not he needs to just leave her. And mid-conversation, he receives a phone call, and it's basically Danny screaming and just screaming no, no, no over and over again. And then we get... Uh, then we realize that Danny's sister has actually killed her, her their parents and uh, committed suicide uh, using uh, using cars. I suppose what's they called asphyxiation or yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, most people just put themselves in the garage uh, with the car running and just breathe yeah, until she, they die. But she did something a little bit more elaborate. Yeah, she like taped the tailpipes, put hoses in them, and and, and led them into their parents bedroom uh and taped the the door shut uh and then she like put one hose into her mouth and taped it around her fucking which is fucking insane it is insane and it's a very gruesome and and grisly scene and it's <laughs> it's one of the craziest scenes i've seen in a long time and it, it's so fucking good and it's like cold open too yeah it's like cold open <laughs> not cold open but it's, I mean, it's pretty close to it yeah that's when that's like that's like the prelude to the the opening credits, basically. Yeah. And that shot was very cool. You get to like a shot out the window, and it's like snowing, and it just says midsummer. That was the coolest fucking shit I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but there's actually a lot of 
there's actually a lot of shots of like windows and going outside of windows in this that I think is pretty significant. I haven't figured out how yet, but I'm or maybe sure. I have. But nonetheless, I suppose the story picks picks back up with uh, Christian deciding that he's going to go to Sweden. He's going to go to Sweden with his friends. They're all, uh, I believe they're all, I believe they're master students. They're uh, get, they're all getting their master's degrees. Yeah, yeah. Um, or PhDs. I'm not entirely sure. But they decided that they're going to go to Sweden. One of their friends is from Sweden. Um, which one was that? Was that Pele or Pella? The guy that was played by Wilhelm. Yeah, I think yeah. his name is Pella or Pele. Yeah, I think it's Pella probably. And he's from Sweden. He's from this. He's from the Swedish cult. Well, and it's referred to as a commune. Yeah, as a commune. Yeah, basically. And he tells them about the way that he grew up, and that it's a very beautiful place, and that they do this this uh, summer solstice festival. I believe it happens like once every ninety years or something like that. Or I'm not entirely sure. I don't remember. It might have been mentioned, it, it, but I yeah, don't remember. It, it, doesn't happen very often and it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for them to go some of them are thinking about uh, uh writing about it for their actual for their uh thesis but um yeah they essentially decide that they're going to go to sweden and and they talk about it in front of danny and she essentially had no idea but and in order to sort of rectify the situation uh christian just invites her to go to sweden with them and against the will of uh, his friends, yeah, there, yeah at the behest not. of his friends, and it's just it's a it's a dick move all around because he not only didn't tell his girlfriend that he was going to Sweden in a in a few weeks, he also just invited her on on this trip without consulting them at all, and and even and even then, like he he's like, yeah, I mean, she says she's coming, but don't worry, she's not going to come. <laughs> Dude, that scene was really funny. Yeah, that was a really funny scene. Um, and so they all go to Sweden to wit- to take part in this in this festival at this commune that happens once every uh, once in a while, once in a long time, and things happen. Yeah, I mean it, it's a very well paced movie. Um, things do not just happen immediately, and I think you you kind of feel like you're on the trip too. I think, and that's one of the the why I think this movie is so effective for me in, in the way that I like was curious about what's going to happen next. Uh, you, you're kind of just on the trip with them and you're finding out things and, and you know, Pell kind of, you know, he explains to them like, look, it's a little weird, um, but it's, uh, it's theatrics, you know, so just play along with it. Don't be weirded out. Um, it's just tradition. Then something happens that's crazy, but they also justify it like it's tradition. And me as the audience is still like, okay, I mean, it's not that bad. I mean, it's pretty crazy, but it's tradition, right? I mean, like there's a a fucking tribe that like when their loved ones die, they eat them. I'm not going to, yeah, you know, eat away, man, eat them up. Uh, but that's not what happens in this movie. And I won't give away what happens. Um, that's just an analogy. Um, but yeah. It it does pace very nicely, and I think it sprinkles creepy things throughout so well and spaces them out so well that there's no, like, slow buildup and then, like, one big fucking horrific 
conflict at the third act. Yeah. I, I love the way that it's set up. It just kind of keeps this mysterious horror element uh, beating throughout. And um, yeah, that was one of the things that I really liked about Hereditary. Right, was that similar? It, yeah, yeah. It didn't rely on on a, on a huge finale or right or or, or like a, like the final fight, or it didn't rely on on jump scares to to really just like elicit horror but there was horror in everything there was horror in in these characters and then their interactions and it's like the anticipation of of what's going to happen next uh like this director just does a really good job of that one one thing that i really like too is like the way he handles like grief and loss um mm-hmm. it's just so yeah i mean there's two similar so scenes uh between hereditary and this which I guess you already talked about. I yeah. mean, she's grieving in the beginning about her parents and her sister. Yeah. But the same thing happens in Hereditary, and the grieving is just like... It's the kind of grieving that if you were in the room and you had to deal with that person, you're like, fuck, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, how do I console this person? Yeah, and that's like a completely different type of horror like and fear that I'm used to seeing in a movie. Right. And you actually feel like you're in that place and you feel like you're... You're afraid of what's going to happen next. You're afraid of what's going to happen to this person, and and also just you as a witness to this, like it, it, it like instills this fear in you. Yeah. And he he does a great job of doing that constantly, and it's fucking really impressive. Um, but yeah, I I also like the way it's paced and 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 you never at times there's creepy shit that for sure happens, but it's also it's also so subtle and it's so it like lulls you into the, into the security that things are fine. And that's just the way things are here. And it's a little bit different, but then by the time that you really realize that something is fucked up here, like it's too, it's too late to pull out. It's like, it's too late. Like you're helpless to it. And, um, yeah, it's just like a different brand of horror that I'm used to seeing. And it's, it's, it's so good. Yeah, um, I totally agree. This is like what I would, you know, prioritize as a horror movie because of the the challenges that it presents to the audience and, and how it just like, you know, makes you cringe. Like, And, and not only that, uh, it, it does things that horror movies don't do. Or tonally, horror movies are, you know, horror, I think, a lot of the time. They feel like horror from like, the very first like conflict happens to the very end. Whereas this movie goes through these, like, I don't know, these beautiful lulls where you don't actually feel like you're in a horror movie anymore. You actually feel like you're watching like a spectacle. Um, I guess I would say the ending is that. And I would also say that like, there's a scene with some dancing involved and this is after you already know something's not right. And there's no like, there's no justifying it. You just know something's not right. Yeah. But but they they take a break from the horror a little bit and present this very peculiar ritual or something. It, it can, I don't know. They do it a, a bunch of times. And, you know, there's stuff that they show in the beginning of the movie that makes its way back to the end of the movie that has to do with the cultural rituals. And I just think it's genius. And yeah. uh, I'm very impressed. It's like, it's very... It's very dynamic. 
because it's very dynamic and, and also like the, like the the ways that I mentioned uh, and and how it scares you and and it it also shows you different like perspectives essentially um, it 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 is horror and what's happening is horrifying but also to the people that are like involved in in the rituals like it's not necessarily scary to them like this is just the way they live and and it, it that there's also some fear in that 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 this is normal for them and that this is right they're not this is just life for right them. and mo- most of the time it is actually tradition and they're not actually psychopathic people yeah and that kind of makes it even more terrifying yeah, right, that, that, right. <laughs> that they're so fucking different that it's yeah that this is okay i mean and there's some creepy scenes that happen that i don't know about your audience but my audience was just dying of laughter but it doesn't take it doesn't make it look like a joke it's no, just it's so laughing in my theater oh, there's tons of laughing in my theater and i think most of it came from like just being uncomfortable right the the discomfort made people laugh because they wanted to to uh console themselves with laughter and that's how challenging some of the things that happen in this movie are i definitely laughed at that part that i'm referring to but well, all the women yeah 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 yeah, there was some laughter during that part, but it yeah. was, it yeah. But it's a really disturbing idea to me. Like I, I was very uncomfortable, but I was laughing. Yeah, it, yeah. There, there's a lot of that. This, uh, there's so much in this movie. Yeah, I, and almost almost all of it is like spoilers if we really wanted to talk about it. But, um, but yeah, just wow. the. I think I don't know one of the I keep saying but like it's just impressive like the amount like the amount of of his like the amount of aspects and the amount of tools that he uses to like depict and like elicit horror it's it's like wide-ranging yeah and it's so dynamic and I think that's why his movies work really well um like visually too something we haven't talked about like visually Mm -hmm. this movie there's a lot of drugs in this movie a lot of uh like hallucinogenics and mushrooms and yeah and he really uses that to not only show like the 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 the, the state of the, the the state of the characters but to also show like this duality of it as well like it's it's also dynamic in that sense things are very beautiful and they're moving and everything is alive but it's also terrifying at the same time especially um for these characters involved at times and it it really helps to sort of uh i suppose warp what you're seeing and and uh and and further helps to place you in the perspective of, the, of these characters and it's really fucking effective yeah um he has like there's some really good cinematography in this too um some scenes in the like the first act at the beginning are like some of my favorites um the way that they're showing uh the way that they're showing Danny panic and, and, and grieve and it's like these really tight and really close personal shots and and it's really well acted. She was I think she was amazing in this and and her performance was just so believable and so just gut wrenching. Um like you really feel you really feel for this character and you feel uh very connected to her perspective and to her experience 
And that's a lot of that. Like I mentioned is I think it's down to just the amount of ways in which this guy, uh, places you in that perspective and, and, and delivers the horror and experience to you. It's, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm kind of shocked by this movie. Um, I actually think I like it like maybe a a tiny notch more than Hereditary. That's interesting. Yeah, I I mean I I loved Hereditary too, but like I think this one resonated with me more. I don't know if it's because of how beautiful it was in the end, and I don't know, but like I kind of just left the theater with a feeling that I haven't felt in a long time, and yeah, I was kind of speechless to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I, from like the first like shocking moment for the the characters and on I was just like felt like I was on this insane fucking roller coaster and I didn't really want to get off of it. I wanted to know more about um what their rituals were. I wanted to know more about just in general I wanted to know <laughs> everything and I'm kind of in love with this movie to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about it because of all the remakes we've been watching, and yeah, this is one of those. I I don't imagine this is not in my top ten at the end of the year. Yeah, it was a very refresher. I yeah, I I would be very surprised if there's if this is not my top ten at the end of the year, then this fall is going to be amazing <laughs> for movies. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. I don't really see that much good shit coming out. I mean, but. I know there's a lot of shy movies coming out, so maybe, but we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, I am very, very amazed by this movie yeah. and his filmmaking. Yeah, there's like, there's just so much that we could still talk about too, because it's there's so much in this movie. There's so much depth, not only in terms of the the lore and the 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 lore attached to this to this commune and and its festival and 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 uh, I suppose uh, uh, like Swedish uh, uh, history, but just in terms of the horror and 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 the methods that that Ari Aster uses to really instill this this grief and 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 terror in you it's it's so impressive and he's he's definitely becoming one of my favorite one of my favorite directors i didn't expect it to be that good um i do i do have some slight issues with it but yeah that that make it uh slightly below hereditary for me but this was still like a so impressive for a, yeah. for a, for a second feature. Yeah, I mean, I kind of had this like notion that Hereditary was going to be his big hurrah, and then like everything else after, like maybe like couldn't live up to the hype. But for me, this lives up to the hype. You know, even with Hereditary, maybe slightly nudging it out for me. But um, wow, <laughs> yeah. I, I just I want to see this movie with new people who don't watch a lot of movies. Yeah. Just look at their reaction to all the things that are happening, and you know, it's like a guinea pig. <laughs> yeah, um, 
it makes me want to like i gotta like i'm definitely gonna read some more about like these these festivals and uh i suppose like pagan history and beliefs and yeah like i I, I want to know i want to know how much of it he drew from existing things and how much he made up I, i mean i would think to to be able to come up with any of this at all he had to do a ton of Right. A ton of research, right. uh, specifically with the runes and and shit. I yeah. I know very little about those, but uh, I have heard about uh, like curses and and spells being placed on people and stuff. And I love the way that that was used in this movie as well. It's like um, I suppose there isn't anything particularly. Uh, paranormal but like no. the way that the way that they they sort of use their, their their history and their their traditions and sort of mix that would also i suppose like kind of like chemistry in a way or like like just modern chemistry uh it it was just a it was a nice touch and i think that the, it it was just very cool to see and to see how those traditions play out, even though that they're in a modern world, world but still living in a... Um, yeah, I mean, there's like no... Yeah, there's not really anything supernatural about this movie. No, not really. It actually challenges you to show you that, like, you know, horrific things can really just be born out of traditions, you know? Like, they, yeah. don't, they don't have to be like... There doesn't have to be spirits backing the traditions for terrible things to happen yeah it could just be a collective of people who believe in one thing but yeah very um very impressive movie you, you done you want to rate it yeah i'm down to rate it i'm kind of just speechless at this point i don't really have much to say about it uh it's a five out of five for me dog damn yeah i i just i the feeling i'm just basing the five stars out of how i felt when i left the theater and boy was it was it a good feeling yeah i'm I'm up there I, I think i'd give it a four and a half out of five it's yeah i think it's nearly perfect for me um i think the the one issue that i had from it was uh i didn't entirely agree with the the motivations or, or i wouldn't say agree but i didn't entirely believe the motivations of some of the characters at times and i felt like the progression of the plot sort of hinged on their uh poor decision making um i feel like it i kind of i kind of chalked that up to just them being uh induced with hallucinogenics and their judgment's been compromised but. yeah there is there is a bit of consumption in this movie not only drugs but alcohol um i don't know in the, in the moments that i'm talking about it, it seemed like they were fairly sober and lucid but you know who knows they, they it could have been that yeah um, at times, their judgment is definitely impaired, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, it's a, nonetheless, it is a really great, really great movie. Yeah, fuck yeah, man! All right, cool. Um, in that case, maybe we uh, talk about Spider-Man next. I fucking guess. <laughs> yeah, it it just feels like Spider-Man is is just I don't know. It's not worthy of the presence of Midsummer. Yeah, I want an Ari Aster Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Spider-Man. Pagan cult. 
All right, cool. Let's uh, let's get into it, I guess. <laughs> Spider-Man: Far From Home. Let's take a listen to a clip. You gonna be the next Iron Man now? Well, no, I don't have time. I'm too busy doing your jobs. What? Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Look, keep up the good work because I am going on vacation. Heads up, Nick Fury's calling you. I don't really want to talk to Nick Answer Fury. Phone. Why? Because if you don't talk to him, then I have to talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. You sent Nick Fury to voicemail? I gotta go. You do not ghost Nick Fury. Quite a clip, huh? It was okay. All right, so Spider-Man Far From Home is directed by John Watts. It's written by uh, Chris McKenna. And it's starring, we've got good old uh, Tom Holland, our, our Lord and Savior, our new Spider-Man. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Marissa Tomei, uh, Zendaya as uh, MJ. John Favreau returns as Happy and a bunch of other people. Synopsis goes, uh, following the events of Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man must step up and take on new threats in a world that has changed forever. Not a very good or specific synopsis. It's very very uh, general and almost like a teaser synopsis. But, uh, yeah. Um, I guess... Uh, since you described the last one, maybe maybe I'll just describe this one to clarify the synopsis. But um, the the synopsis basically, I would say, is is more like along the lines of a Spider-Man in, in a long form. Uh, Spider-Man or Peter Parker, he is uh, getting the chance to go on this school trip, and um, he wants to use this opportunity to relax and. And tell MJ how he feels, and you know, just get get his personal life back on track from, you know, saving the world from Thanos. Um, essentially, what happens is, uh, it's I don't I feel like this wasn't in the movie, but it was in the trailer that they were talking about Thanos' snap ripped a hole. Did they say it in the movie? It ripped a hole in the time continuum or something like Thanos snap had fucked something up and w- and that's the reason that Jake Gyllenhaal's character came from another dimension. I don't remember that part. I believe, but. It's not I don't remember in the movie. It's definitely in the trailer. The snap ripped the the snap ripped the hole in the something something and that's why I'm here. Essentially Jake Gyllenhaal's um character has brought the attention to Nick Fury that uh <laughs> these monsters are returning to his or this world, he's from Earth, but another um, reality. Uh, so it's a multiverse kind of situation going on. And Spider-Man just wants to enjoy his vacation, but turns out where he's going is where some of these monsters are, are being uh, summoned from the Earth. And he kind of has to help uh, fight them off and, and be a hero during a time where he just really wants to relax. Um there's a lot of twists and turns in this movie, which is kind of refreshing, I think, because you know it's not just the standard, you know, you know, hero versus villain movie. And yeah, I'll kind of just leave it at that. What, what did you think of the movie? I think that I didn't even consider Jake Gyllenhaal's. Uh, origins or his story very much i think that at the time that his character was introduced i had sort of checked out of the movie 
because I didn't like where it was going. Um, but I didn't really consider how he got from, uh, from, from his, his dimension to, to the six, four, six dimension. But that is an interesting idea. And I don't think they really explained that. Uh, cause I don't remember that, that line being in there. Um, but nonetheless, I think that for the most part, it's, it's very similar to homecoming in the sense that Peter Parker is still trying to get a handle on himself and on his life and the sort of duality of living as Peter Parker and as Spider-Man. He, like you mentioned, he, he really wants to live a normal life and, and, uh, and just have a, a girlfriend and, and hang out with his friends. Uh, but, uh, great, power comes with great responsibility right so he has to uh he has to do charity events and he has to pick up calls from nick fury and 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 try to save the world and yeah and uh for some reason all the other superheroes are conveniently busy when the world is under threat which i don't really understand but um yeah i think that i think that for the first the first half of this movie, uh, I wasn't really enjoying it, but then there's a bit of a twist that happens. And then, uh, I think I started to enjoy it quite a bit. Um, I think that, oh, fuck, you can't, I can't really talk about the twist, what the twist is. Yeah. It's frustrating because um, it kind of saves the movie. What, yeah, what you're saying. Yeah. I think it definitely saves the movie big time because yeah, prior to that, it was much, it was just a run of the mill run-of-the-mill uh action or well, yeah uh action comic comic book movie uh we're fighting these these faceless and faceless and and, and uh storyless uh antagonists but uh things i think things definitely pick up for for the better in the second half of the movie um i suppose prior to that however there isn't as much comedy in the first half, I suppose, uh, to keep me really entertained and, and, uh, and, and, uh, satiated. Yeah. Um, I think that Peter Parker's, uh, like growth and in, in terms of a, a, as a character is, um, I think it's right where right where he should be, and I think that it's a a good place to explore. Um, but he does make some stupid decisions that I think are just uh, a bit convenient for the plot. Uh, but nonetheless, I think that his character is fine. I think that uh, he should have been supplemented with um, some more interesting characters. Uh, one of the things I liked about the f- the first one is that you do get a good amount of interaction between him and his uh, best friend. I forget his name. Ned. Yeah, Ned. Um, and and uh, they definitely play. Uh, they like play well within that that sort of dynamic of Ned being the only one that knows about his secret identity and and really drawing a lot of comedy from that in their relationship. Uh, Ned has a girlfriend in this one, so he's not as around as much. Uh, and so uh, Spider Man is sort of relegated to hanging out with Nick Fury and. And uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's characters, which I don't think is as interesting or as as, as entertaining as 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 uh, like the f- 
the relationship in the first movie. So I think those scenes kind of suffer. Um, I don't think Nick Fury is a particularly great character in any way. Uh, I think I find, I think I find him pretty boring and just, uh, yeah, I mean, corny. I, ever since the first Avengers, I was like just over it. Yeah. I think his character is pretty corny at this point and, and he's, he's used as a crutch quite a bit, but I don't see how, I don't, I don't know who's enjoying his character that much, but, um, but yeah, I think it certainly picks up. I think if you do watch this movie and you feel like it's real bad in the first half, like I did, I think uh, it's definitely worth it to wait and for the uh, twist. Yeah, yeah the, the twist. I think really, I can't. We can't say what it is, but I think it. I think it's. I think it's smart, and I think it definitely plays this genre against itself, and it, and it, it sort of makes this idea of. Uh, I suppose uh, superhero movies and and sort of just the the formula that we've been seeing a lot. It sort of uh, shines a light on that, and it and it makes us look at. I think it actually makes us make us makes us look at super superhero movies in a in a different perspective and uh, with a different uh, lens. Um, I think the twist is very smart in this, and I think it's worth it to wait it out and and uh, see where it goes, but. It's still difficult to justify the first half of this movie being frankly boring in my in my opinion to that to waiting for the twist. So I think something could have been done about the first half of this movie. Yeah, like I definitely I agree with you there. Um I don't know that I was too bored, but I was definitely like, all right, where is this going? Kind of have have a feeling cuz like yeah. it can't just be like I think Marvel has come too far to just have faceless monsters as the villain, right? Um, yeah, and yeah, I was kind of bored and like really annoyed with how fucking passive uh, Peter Parker is towards Mary Jane, because I yeah I want that to succeed. I want that to be uh, sought through. Um, in the second half of the movie, there's more between him and Mar- MJ. Is her name Mary Jane? No, her name is Michelle Michelle Jones. Right, right, yeah. So it's not Mary Jane. I don't know why I would call her that. No. Uh, so well, MJ. Um, and. I really, really like it. I like the interactions with them. I want, I want them to succeed together, and yeah, I, I very much enjoyed her character. Her character is great, and she's yeah. she she definitely. Uh, I think Zendaya brings like a a solid like uh, comedic side to this movie. Uh, like I think her character is pretty funny and she has like good comedic timing and like yeah. deadpan humor i think she could have been she's, and she's charismatic too, yeah, yeah i think she could have been utilized like in the first half she, much she's, more she's not a damsel in distress yeah so. yeah um yeah uh, i think yeah it's hard to talk about the movie without talking about the twist uh i think the twist is definitely worth waiting for because it does get pretty clever uh and i would say it's more i enjoy it more than like an ant-man type ant-man 2 type movie and i think um it plays with a lot of themes and yeah it it redeemed itself for me and i would say i very much enjoyed it and you know i was talking off off the podcast with you but like i actually might put these spider-mans at the top for me personally i I think i'm i mean i know spider-man 2 is a, a classic and it's very good but I think I, I'm now just more engaged with this one. I think I just enjoy him a lot. I like Tom Holland, and I think he has a, a lot of character. And you know, I feel like we don't get that a lot in some of these superheroes. Like, I don't, know, I don't really give a fuck about Captain America. Yeah. To be honest with you, I mean, he has a couple of snarky comments, 
He's very self-righteous, but I mean, at the end of the day, what what does he offer? He's not very playful. He's not very funny. You know, I mean, I mean, Tony Stark is funny, but I mean, he's just pompous and not very likable to me. And I think the innocence of this Peter Parker and the the youthfulness and the spunk makes him very enjoyable to watch and my favorite Spider-Man, I think. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I might like... I think... uh, I don't want to disagree. I think he is my favorite Spider-Man, like my favorite actor to play Spider-Man, but I don't think that these are the best Spider-Man movies. Right. Um, But yeah, I do agree that I think he is the best uh, guy to ever play Spider-Man. I just feel like it's more this Spider-Man. I don't know. It's it's very hard to not feel nostalgic about the first two Spider-Mans because like, I feel like we didn't really get comic book movies at the time, so it was kind of just ground shattering. Yeah. I think that, and I I had never really seen an origin story, right? Like I don't yeah. know. I'm sure I have, but like, the whole him getting bit by the spider and getting coming to terms with his powers, and that was pretty groundbreaking for me at the time at that age. Um but like maybe I've just grown past it and I just I really I'm ready to take on this Spider Man. I definitely like it more than Andrew Garfield's Spider Man. Yeah, that but was, I feel like that's universal. That was probably a mistake. Yeah, I feel like everyone feels that way. Hmm. But yeah, I mean I, I enjoy this movie. It does have its flaws and, and there are like yeah, there are decisions made by Peter Parker where I'm just like how fucking incompetent can you be yeah yeah basically uh, but when it starts to open up though i think it does get when it starts to get going i think it does a pretty good job of handling like that twist and and like the new themes that it presents um like that specific scene like it's difficult to talk about jake gyllenhaal's character but yeah that's like my favorite that's probably my favorite scene because i think that's when you like really see because like up until that point, it was sort of like, yeah, they could have gotten anyone to sort of play Jake Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, or uh, Mysterio. In the beginning, yeah. But then sure. when you really see when it opened up, like, yeah, that's like the Jake Gyllenhaal I wanted to see. Yeah, he's kind of <laughs> acting kooky a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I don't know if you ever watched Okja. No. I mean, he's that's his but most yeah. bonkers role. But he's channeling a little bit of that in this. Yeah, I think he sort of does that in a lot of roles. But, yeah, he... Yeah, when uh when it really gets going, I think I really start to enjoy uh like Mysterio and uh whatever his like actual name is. Uh Quentin Beck or something. Yeah. Yeah. Beck. Uh he's a he's a pretty good character. Um I don't know what else to say about this movie. Um Yeah. All right. I mean, we could rate it. I mean, I feel like our midsummer discussion was pretty chock full of stuff yeah. so i guess the yeah i mean i, I enjoy it. i think the action was pretty solid um i think that the, the just the biggest thing for me is this that first half before the twist happens it, it's just uh it kind of lulls for me and i think they should have worked to strengthen that i think by bringing in an mj and having him spend actually more time with her instead of turning into like this weird competition between him and that dude uh i think that could have made it uh more satisfying, more more entertaining, and definitely more funny because I think her character is one of the funnier, one of the funnier characters in this movie. So, just something to strengthen that this first act and a half could have could have made this a, a pretty solid movie for me. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna rate it. 
I'd probably give it a three and a half. Not the highest three and a half, but like a a medium weight three and a half out of five. Okay. Uh, Like a, okay. I think I'd probably do like a three out of five. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. Like a solid three, I suppose. Like a. High three? Yeah. Like a little plump baby. Plump baby three? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the action. I mean, it's not groundbreaking action, but it's very good to look at for the most part. And um, yeah, the, I mean, they're they're kind of they found their craw how to make like a very engaging, entertaining movie with a good, not really predictable plot. You know, mm-hmm. and I think uh, it works. And you know, when you watch shit like Dark Phoenix that we watched not too long ago, it's just like it. It just it feels so. Ugh, just yeah, it's much better than Dark Phoenix. Yeah, and then yeah, they're they're showing off their skills even even when they don't get it right a hundred percent of the time. They're they're trying to be prolific and good at what they do. For sure. All right, cool. Um, so next week we have a weird week. It's just one the the middle week, the cushion uh, around two giant releases three giant releases to be honest with you uh in a row and I'm not sure how I feel about it there are two very silly movies that are going to be the headlines of next week there is an A24 limited release that I know you want to see and after seeing the trailer I of course want to see it that's the farewell um very interesting because it's uh Aquafina playing a dramatic role and it looks like a very heartfelt A24 movie yeah, I'm uh, I'm for sure seeing that. Uh, I got a, I think I got a bigger of a crush on Aquafina actually. Yeah, yeah, she's she's great. Um, we also have so the two main releases are looking like Stuber <laughs> and Crawl, which to me looks like a fucking like a blockbuster straight to DVD. Is that the alligator one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure who made that or why, but. It looks like a VOD. Yeah, it does. It looks movie. like a like a Shutter movie. Um, yeah, I think Stuber would be interesting. I don't think we've I don't think we've seen a comedy in a while, right? Yeah, and plus comedy. you know it's a traditional like buddy comedy it seems. So yeah, with with some new fresh ideas, maybe maybe could. I mean, to me, some of the jokes are not good in the trailer, but I also think some of the jokes are okay. Uh, so I'll get, I feel like we can do Stuber. Yeah, um, I'm a fan of Kumail. Yeah, um, I like him. I'm not really sure how much of his like own brand of comedy will shine in wasn't through he, this. Wasn't but... he playing something in Toy Story? <clears throat> in Toy Story? No, no, he was playing something. No, it was in Men in Black. He was a little. Oh, he was in Men in Black. He was the fucking little knight. He was probably the only aspect of that movie I slightly enjoyed. Right, right. Um, okay, cool. So the following week is going to be Lion King. <laughs> It's funny. There's nothing listed under that week except Lion King. Did everything just run for the fucking hills? I would imagine so. I mean, that is absurd. That kind of power. Uh, and then I'm very excited for the week after that because we're finally getting the Tarantino movie that you know we've just been getting teased for a long time, and it looks good to me. It looks very interesting. I can't wait for that. Uh, but I digress. Next week will be Stuber, John Batista. And uh, 
Kumail Nanjiani. Kumail Nanjiani, yep. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, I guess we can get into some, some news. Um, I think the biggest news right now is going to be <laughs> there's a Little Mermaid live action, and they casted a woman of color. And the white people in America are not pleased about this. And I think that the argument is, is like, they're not racist. They're they're just like, well, you know, it's just, it's not the original. Like, the original Ariel looks nothing like that. To, um, uh, that's their, so we're clear. That's their argument. Is the black girl the, the voice, or is she, like, the actual playing, like, Ariel? No, I believe it's live action. I believe she's playing Ariel? She's playing Ariel. It's not like a, okay. No, I don't believe this is like an animated movie. I yeah, think. I, I think. thought it was going to be like uh, I don't know, like those bullshit. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was going to be like Avatar or something like with like a mixed like uh, uh, I don't know, like a mixed uh, a- like live action anime, like a hybrid sort of with uh, like some live action characters, but with some animated like backgrounds and and also other characters. And I feel like uh, inevitably it will be mostly CGI because they live under the fucking ocean. <laughs> But I see something <laughs> cultural appropriation question mark. What does that mean? Whose culture is a little mermaid? Yeah, I mean mermaids Is that white culture? Yeah. I saw some meme, it was like yeah, like and y'all are out here fucking arguing the, the gender of a fish or some shit. Or I'm sorry, the race of a fucking fish. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I mean mermaids I don't know, I don't know. So this, is this why you <laughs> So okay. This is why you posted the Black Panther thing with Ben uh, yeah, yes, <laughs> with yes, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't understand that. Yeah. Okay. Right, so so now you know. <laughs> yeah, there there was a meme that I posted <laughs> on I think maybe our Discord we're in, but it was people were like lashing back and they're like, All right, fun. Black Panther two. It's just like this really handsome Ryan Gosling wearing the Black Panther yeah. costume. <laughs> So, I mean, the boundaries are just being pushed with the memes lately, and there's so much, like, funny, like... It is very funny, though. Flip-flopping, and, like, people are like, all right, fun, and then, like, I don't know. It, I think it's funny. I think most people don't really care, uh, but I, I know there's just a very small sect of racist people out there that are, like, disgusted by it. Yeah. I mean... I mean, you know it. <laughs> They're out there. Yeah. I think that... uh I mean, I don't know. I don't give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't even want the movie to be made in the fucking first place because I'm tired of this shit. Um, but if it's going to be made, I'm like, I'm all for it. Yeah, I don't really care either way. I'm happy that it is being made so that it just pisses people off. I think that's funny. Yeah, I, I, I get comfort <laughs> out of that too. I don't, I'm annoyed by her name though. I wish they would, she would change her name. It's like Halle Bailey. Yeah, it's just, it's just one fucking consonant off from Halle Berry and it, it annoys me. But other than that, um, Oh, she's a very pretty woman, and I think she could pull it off. I'm sure. I don't. It's um. I don't see. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. Ursula was purple, so I mean, who are they gonna cast? I suppose other than just flat out calling them racist, I suppose their argument. I suppose their argument would be that that uh, Disney is sort of uh, they're catering. To yeah, that they're pandering. Uh, uh, pandering their pandering to uh to minorities they very well could be i mean i don't doubt that they are if i'm honest yeah. but i mean i mean there's a good there's there's a good chance that's the case but it also could be there was an audition and she was the best i don't know 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's yeah, it's difficult to look at it any other way when the last uh, what like fucking eighty years or so of movies have been like uh, white for the most part. Yeah, uh, significantly white. So it is difficult to believe that they're not pandering. But I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's it's difficult to say whether it's it's good or bad. I mean, black people aren't prof- profiting from a uh, little mermaid so i mean it's, it's not really a win for black people it's, in my it's, eyes yeah it's a win for disney cuz they're going to get more black people to see uh the little mermaid at the same time i suppose it is it is a win to to be able to uh see black people and 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 just people of color in general in uh in blockbuster movies it it i think it feels yeah i guess it feels good to be represented and it feels good to see people like you I think, on screen. I think the argument there is that um, uh, obviously monetary benefits will not be going to black communities. I mean, they're just going to rake this money in. But like the the advantage is that you know a, a little black girl can see the movie now and be like, she looks like me. I don't know. They said that about Black Panther too. Um, so I think that's probably the positive yeah i think the idea i don't know it's a it's a difficult thing to it, I really feel like it help i i don't know because i'm white <laughs> but i feel like it helps ease the i don't know like if if you're a black child and everything you see is white people on entertainment um it's very easy to feel like a minority and not included Whereas, it also shape yeah it, it yeah I mean, maybe, maybe did you feel any of that growing up? <laughs> I mean, I don't know because I felt included. Yeah, it's, it like, definitely shapes how you. Right. It shapes how you not only view uh, media, but it, it shapes how you view yourself for sure. Um, it shapes the if you only. Yeah, it shapes everything. I suppose. I mean, when you see. I don't know. I don't. I feel like we're getting a bit deep for our podcast, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when you see, I don't know. It, it shapes your opinions. It shapes your opinions about yourself. It shapes your opinions about uh, about race and about I don't know people in your life and just the philosophies on on things in general. I think that uh, seeing uh, like white women in 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 places uh, of of like high regard, like in, in movies and stuff being labeled as it's beautiful. And then you see, uh, black women in movies and for like, as maids for years, like you get this, it, you, your idea on, on not, not only on like, uh, so like the social hierarchy sort of is determined by that, but also I think by like beauty standards and all sorts of shit. Um, I think it's definitely empowering to be able to see people like you and have them people be considered beautiful and 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 strong and powerful um i think that definitely shapes a a kid's perspective significantly so i think in the long run this could shit like this obviously shit like this will be good but in the immediate present it's not uh yeah yeah. it's not improving the lives of of people of color in any way i don't believe um it's 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 disney profiting from this i don't really see and and not only is it them profiting it's it's a and it's a good gesture, but the the fact of the matter is, there's a reason it's being done, um, and it's just sad that it didn't happen naturally. 
Yeah, I mean, right. like it shouldn't have had to come to this, but I mean, here we are forcing well, it. Maybe, you know? maybe I don't know. To say I don't know, I I do agree to it to a, uh, to an extent, but perhaps there is no natural. Uh, perhaps there is no natural progression. And but what I'm and, saying and, is, there could have been a natural progression, but I think. I think the scrutiny that Hollywood has received has caused this. Yeah, that is true. But like Prince of Persia, and like you know, if there were no Prince of Persia movies, then maybe Hollywood wouldn't have never got the criticism, and and then they would have never fixed their. So they rectified it, but like they should have just did it naturally. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. Fuck it. If you're mad about it, you're obviously silly. Um. I don't really. Obviously, don't care. I just I, it was news, so I figured I'd bring it up. It is a, uh, it is interesting, and I'm. If anything, I'm happy that it is happening. Not only for the reasons that I mentioned, uh, I think it will eventually. Uh, I think it will eventually uh, uh, help to shift. Um, Poor ginger shift huh? ideas and perspectives um, for the better. Um, but uh, if anything, I'm glad that it's pissing some people off. Yeah, yeah, I like it too. I like that. I'm glad some racist people are butt hurt. Yeah. It. Sometimes I like want racist people to see me and happy. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. It just feels good. Like rub it in their face. Like yeah. I don't know. Until they start throwing things at you or something. I don't. I don't, I don't think they will. <laughs> I don't think they're mostly cowards. Like all these racist people are always going to confide to the internet. They're never going to say any of this shit in real life, you know, unless they're around other racist people, you know? Um, all right, cool. So little mermaid's black now. Who'd have thunk it? Um, me and Harvey actually just watched uh, a trailer for Mulan, which is interesting. I hope she started to backtrack, but I hope she, since they're doing this, like I'm imagining like the world that they'll create uh around this character and I think uh if they do some sort of like Caribbean uh like like Caribbean like probably like Atlantis uh type of deal that could be interesting. I think it'd be cool if she had like a like a like Caribbean accent cuz I know they're not going to do some full like patois shit but if she had like a Caribbean accent I think that'd be cool. Yeah. I guess we'll see. <laughs> um so me, me and Harvey watched the trailer for Milan before recording. Uh, very confusing to me. I, I, th- I hear about these things possibly being live action, and then they all just hit us in one year, and I'm just overwhelmed at this point. Like, I don't know how many fucking of these classic movies are going to be remade into live actions, but it's kind of annoying. Yeah, um, I wasn't expecting it to happen this fast, actually. Yeah, it's coming at us way too quick. So Milan's coming out. Uh, kind of just looks like. A, a Chinese period piece uh, doesn't well, feel speaking English, right? They're speaking English. It doesn't feel whimsical like a Disney movie to me. I'm very confused by the trailer. Um, there's a scene of her fighting uh, enemies, and she's clearly a woman. Like, there's been no like, like she's not wearing makeup, but like she doesn't look like she's trying to hide the fact that she's a woman. Like she's you can kind of see her breast protruding. Uh, her hair is down and long, whereas nobody else's is. So I don't know that. Uh, to me, the whole movie is about 
pushing the boundaries of gender roles. And if you take that out, uh, my girlfriend has a theory that they're only showing the scenes at the end where maybe she's already revealed that she's a woman, but she's fighting anyway. Probably. Um, so I don't know. We'll have to see more, but it's, it's very confusing to me. And I don't really have much of an opinion on it, but slow the fuck down. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. It's, uh, like who's this woman that they got? Who's this poor woman that they got where it was like, yeah, let's just put your hair up and then maybe you'll look like a dude. I'm curious what's going to happen with that. Yeah. Well, like I said, maybe they got rid of that. I don't know. That would be crazy to me. The movie wouldn't make I, sense. I, yeah, I wouldn't know what. The, yeah, I have no idea what they would do if they did get rid of that. Um. But I don't know. I don't know if they're. I don't know if they're just like. Uh, if this is just like a moment in time where they're trying to sustain themselves by re-releasing things from their from their vault live action things from their vault and they're like working on new shit for the future but i don't know this isn't like a sustainable uh business model for for yeah. disney so yeah, I don't, we, need some, we need some original shit man you're gonna die one day yeah i'm not really sure what's happening but i hope that it doesn't continue for the next five years or so and dominate the box office and push it, it probably would out. i don't know i think they've I can't think of many other like. Well, they have a ton of hits, but <sighs> don't worry, man. They're all getting made. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. They're probably gonna put that one in the works. That Danny, would probably Danny be the DeVito. one. That would be the one I would be interested in seeing. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> Danny DeVito. Was... <laughs> uh, I think he's too small. Hunchback was big, right? He's tall. I don't think he was tall. I don't remember. He was. He had a his hump was pretty big though. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I don't really want to talk about remakes anymore. I'm kind of exhausted. Um, just one more piece of news, and then we'll we'll end the show. Uh, this is something I, I found interesting. Netflix is reportedly uh, cutting back uh, greatly on their movie spending for their original movies. Um, and it seems to be inspired by the movie that I watched that nobody else watched. <laughs> I guess that's why it's considered a flop. If you can, I don't know if you can flop on streaming services, I guess, but um, Triple Frontier. You know, it's a big budget. You know, movie had a lot of action, and you know, seemed seemed like an expensive movie and big actors. Um, it flopped pretty bad. It didn't pan out to be much, and they spent so much money producing it. And I and I think that combined with some other movies. Um, like or in TV shows too, like you know, Baz Luhrmann's The Get Down, like yeah. you know, didn't I, seem to be doing so hot. I think they, yeah. I mean, I think that at this point, they probably are focusing heavily on original content to draw in new users and also like increase their retention. And if that these big budget movies aren't really doing that for them, if they're not getting the like the views and and shit to sort of support that then they're just sort of wasting money making these these big budget movies um but it's interesting that they are slowing back because i mean they are losing their they are losing the rights to content at a uh at a pretty high rate as as people develop their own streaming services yeah it's so, insane like the, the office i mean <clears throat> they're losing like everything so it's interesting that they are slowing back on 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 production yeah, I'm really scared about the future, to be honest with you, because like Netflix was a scary future, but um, 
And I think a lot of people were pointing to Netflix like hurting cinema, but now it's like things are hurting Netflix, and I don't want Netflix to get hurt anymore, right? Because like, yeah. well, I mean, I know you you feel differently about Netflix, but what I'm saying is, it's like the alternative to Netflix to me is scarier. Well, because that that alternative includes just all these networks having their own. It's like you're paying for individual channels. Well, yeah, it's television all over again, but Netflix yeah. caused it, kind of. What Netflix did cause it. I guess they, they did. created this. Problem. I guess they did create it, but it's just going to go back to television, except it's streaming television, and you're going to pay for yeah, all. Yeah, but the I mean, like channels. I have a feeling that that's not going to work because, like, it's at the end of the day, it's going to cost more than television. Like, if every fucking streaming service is four dollars a month, I can't imagine it being cheaper than that uh, for like NBC or Disney or something. And then, like, how many of them can you have? Like, most people have one to three streaming services, maybe, on average. Well, a lot of them are partnering with with Amazon. Like, with Amazon, you can get, uh, you can get like, subscriptions to CBS, to Stars, to Cinemax, all that shit. Within, well, yeah, within I Amazon guess, Prime. but I don't know if all the other ones are going to do it, too. I mean, if they do, then Amazon is probably going to reign supreme over netflix which is fine i guess but if not if it's all individual i don't i don't and i kind of like netflix original movies sometimes i think they're watchable at times and and i feel like they actually take chances whereas like with these big blockbusters i'm just i'm not feeling any energy from i don't want them like like netflix movies like you know we'll we'll put an original concept out there and it'll get popular i might think it's bad but at least Art is being made, you know, not recreated. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but Netflix is cutting down on that. I like some of their bigger budget movies like Oakja. And I like Triple Frontier as well, but apparently nobody else did. Apparently not. Yeah. It happens, but I suppose whatever happens, I mean, I don't know. It It is Netflix's uh, fault but where am I going to watch The Office? Like, is NBC? NBC. They're gonna, I'm not going to get a fucking NBC. <laughs> what am I going to do with an NBC subscription? You can watch Wings. Not interested. You could watch uh, NBC. Got a bunch of shit. I know, but like, I don't think it's worth it for me. Like, they got Parks and Rec, right? They got. Uh, but all that stuff used to be in one place, and the only reason I would revisit most of them is because. They happen to be in that one place that I subscribe to. I can't imagine like subscribing for many things. There's very few things that I will just go and get a subscription just for that. And I don't, I love The Office, but I don't think that ain't it, Chief. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna subscribe. I think I might just if I want to watch them. I swear to God, I might download them to boycott. That's not a. Uh, I mean. In this scenario, I don't think that's a very unethical choice. I think that, I don't know. I think we'll have to wait a while for the next uh, technological breakthrough to happen. Right. Because as of now, it's just sort of reverting back to to television. Yeah. Streaming television. I don't like that because I never liked television. I was never a fan of it. Yeah, me neither. Also, I I would like in my room when I was younger. I eventually just ended up getting rid of cable when I stopped watching cartoons, and I just watched DVDs and just had a DVD player in my room. 
That is good, except that you end up just watching the same things over and over again. Well, I would buy a lot of like FYE movies and stuff. Gotcha. Used movies. Gotcha. And, just, and I would go to Redbox a lot and like... I don't want to go back to that life. <laughs> well, I know, but like at the time, Redbox was about to get bad. robbed outside of a Redbox. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, the Redbox is in New York. A while they're always in a sketchy area. Yeah, <laughs> I used to just pop over to Walmart. All right, cool. Netflix is uh, seeing some drastic changes. I'm very curious to see how they adapt to this shift. Uh, I would too. Um, that sort of because they seem to be on top for a while. Well, yeah. You gotta, you gotta adapt. That was a movie pass problem, right? And I think some companies are very good at adapting, and maybe they will be. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right, cool. That, that that about does it for us. Um, we're uh, we're I think we're gearing up for another now streaming video for this month. Uh, if you haven't checked out last month's now streaming video, uh, check that out on our YouTube. You can find us at Do the Right Film um, on YouTube and. I think probably all the movies are still streaming from that. I didn't check, but I have a, I have a good feeling that they all are. They should be because the ones yeah. I chose were like uh, new to those streaming services, so yeah, they should be. Uh, one of mine was new to the streaming service, so yeah, check those out if you're looking for something to watch in the midst of all these blockbusters. Uh, you can't go wrong with those, I think. Also, uh, we're on Instagram, do the right film underscore podcast, and Facebook, and do the right film. We have a website, do the right film.com. You can send us an email there, fill out the form or whatever, and send us an email if you have a recommendation or, you know, we're open to recommendations or for a movie for one of us to watch. Possibly if you have like a topic discussion you'd like to hear our thoughts on. Uh, yeah, feel free to talk to us about anything. And, uh, Talk to me. Talk to us about your troubles. Yeah. If you need therapy, I mean, we'll, we'll help you out. Yeah. Tell us if uh, tell us if you think that Disney is uh, painting over uh, white culture with a black brush. Yeah. If you're racist out there and you have a case for why Ariel should stay white, let me know. Maybe you're a ginger and you feel attacked. Ed Sheeran. Fuck Ed Sheeran. <laughs> God, he's so unlikable when he plays in roles. Yeah, in movies. Oh, I hope he's a nice guy. In movies. <laughs> he probably is, but yesterday he's he's not doing himself. Did favorite. not need him in that. <laughs> yeah. So bad. Yeah. All right, cool. That about does it for us. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. We need to catch face. Why in the world would you hear me?